Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This edition of the Mode Push Podcast, Dan Jimenez, fresh off of his trip to Singapore, sits down with us here stateside to talk about how much it costs to go to a real GP race. Not just the flights and stuff. I'm talking about just getting in the race. Is it like a, an American stadium experience? What is that like? We're going to get uh, get it right from the horse's mouth. Although Dan's not a horse. He's a nice guy. So we're also going to have a, a, a preview of this race in Japan this weekend. Can Max wrap up the world championship what does it cost for the swag? Do you even want to buy swag at an F1 event? We're going to have all the tips for somebody who wants to go to a race. It's all right now on Mode Push. Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. He's what you get. Let us Honestly. I've gussed it. I've absolutely gussed it. I enjoy this so much. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Welcome on in. It's another edition of Mode Push, the podcast uh, by Americans for Americans in F1. Although we're not limited only to just Americans listening. I'm just saying we're Americans. <laughs> we're into <laughs> F1 now. So there we are. Alex Keery. Dan Jimenez, Dan in the flesh, which is good. It's good. You you, you look good. You look like you're still oh, recovering a little that. bit from the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm still feeling it for sure. What's the. Okay, so I, I want to get into the your experience at the Singapore GP, and I want to get into, you know, just, you know, we kind of described it a little bit of what, what you kind of went through on race day and, and in some of the sessions, but I know you have a ton of things you probably want to jump into. I uh, don't want to lose sight of the fact, too, that there's an actual friggin' race this weekend, man. Yeah. And a big Man. one, and and uh, you could have a new world champion at the end of this one too. And drum roll, it's going to be bad weather. Apparently, I mean, the, the forecast is at least yeah. saying uh, for I think qualifying session might be dry. Yeah, fingers and, crossed. Chaos. It, was, <laughs> it made it. for a fun qualifying last I know. week. I want all of it. I want. I want there to be. I don't want it to be normal. You know, it's like everybody's like, "Oh, Max, isn't it going to be awesome? You're going to clinch the championship." In that Honda power unit in front of the Honda folks, and yeah. they put Honda, they put the, the emblem back. back on the on the yeah. car again. I mean, why not? Honda owns the 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 track, and yeah. so, and I was actually listening to something this week that I didn't know this either. But um, the guy who designed the Suzuka racetrack also designed Zanvoort, and oh. so Max is like, there's all these connections, right? So he huh. he has all these things where. And I think I don't know how similar they are. He, although he said there were similarities there, I'm not familiar enough with the the track layouts. But f- for what we know about Suzuka, and we can get more into it in a little bit. But this is 
this is a track that the the drivers love because it's like a total drivers track. They yeah. come out of the car and they're fast. like they're fired up because they just there's not a slow corner on the place. No, it's crazy fast. There's just super iconic moments from F1 history in Suzuka with like some of the corners like in the first sector you got these windy S's that are really high G that kind of get progressively tighter and tighter and, and so it's going up it's rising in elevation kind of going right? uphill yeah, and yeah. so that just like I'm sure is just killing the driver's necks as they're going up and then there's a, a midsection with some long straights and a really tight hairpin and then in the last sector there's a famous quarter called 130R and if if you've seen clips of it that you might have seen there was a a famous clip of Juan Pablo Montoya making a pass around the outside of 130R but it's just it's a tight enough corner that like the drivers are on the max but they don't lift and then i think 2 years ago in 2019 there was a, a clip of Charles with his uh, rearview mirror that was coming loose and he was holding on to the mirror oh, he's driving and one-handed. driving one-handed yeah. and everyone's like, what? Like, How are you holding on one-handed through that corner? It's well, a cool track. I wouldn't know. I drive one-handed all the time. <laughs> I, adjust my re- I adjust my rear view. I do all sorts of things while I'm driving. I can eat. I can drive. These guys can... Look, they, I know that they're pros and everything, but come on. I, everybody said that. They, I, I saw the video of it and I thought, I wonder how difficult that really is. And by the way, he made no adjustments. Like he's reaching over to that mirror and he's realizing I can't. Actually I can't do, do anything with this. With this. <laughs> it was just yeah. It's pretty, very but brave. it was while he was going through a couple of turns too. So it's like oh no, he is. He's one handed, like going through at least uh, a couple of light curves there. So yeah. Um, let's start. I, you tell me where you want to start. So somebody who's going to try to get into going to a race. Like I this week, I, I found one of our listeners who said, hey. Uh, a guy in our office was like, I, I, I'm into F1. I didn't know you were. So you're doing like a podcast. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, Dan and I are, uh, I, I'm much more new to the race world than Dan is. And I'm probably more along the lines of this guy who got into it because of, of the same Netflix show. I think so many people jumped in on after that. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm on year four, year five of, of acting like I'm the biggest F1 fan on the planet. But he was uh, talking a little bit about how, they're planning on going to Vegas. So he's like, we're yeah. going to figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, I think so too. I think I'm just going to mm-hmm. try to figure it out. And, and then he was like, I said, but, but Dan went and, and I know that every track is different. And I feel like Singapore is like a, like a luxury edition of like traveling <laughs> to a track. I don't know. Maybe that's totally yeah, off. But no, it's yeah. It's I, I think about like place. the money-making races. That's, that's probably one of them. But if somebody's planning on going, like what? What things would you try to teach somebody who wants to go to an F one race? Yeah, so one of the things that I learned was around like kind of the track viewing experience for the weekend. Because when you go to buy a ticket, one of the first decisions you have to make is like, do I want to sit in the same spot all three days, or do I want you know they sell packages where you're kind of they're sending you around the track, um, or you can buy just one day or two days. There's just like tons of combinations of of tickets that you can buy. What we ended up buying was. Um, all three days in the same place in turn one. But what we ended up what we ended up doing is on Friday and Saturday we w- walked all around the track and we're watching from different parts and we only really sat in our seats for the race. And they let you do that, like they just kind of go. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. So they had like different zones on the track, and our seats got us to you know access to all the zones. And I think you could buy less expensive tickets and you just get access to one zone. So we were able to walk around. And so uh, what's cool about a street circuit is you can get really close to the cars. You can get right up against the catch fence. And so um, we were just kind of walking around. There's lots of crossover bridges, too, in oh. Singapore. So you can you can traverse the track pretty easily um, and get to pretty much any part that you want to see. Uh, and so, yeah, for yeah FP3, when it was raining and, and starting to get a little bit drier, we went in, down into the third sector and there's kind of like a tight chicane before the last corner and it was just 
really cool to get right up there and the spray coming through the catch fence and and hitting you. It was it what was about the really noise? cool. Like I just imagine that. Uh, I mean, you you lived in the NASCAR world too for a while, yeah. which I mean, we look like we look right now, which is like wearing these. I mean, obviously these aren't like for noise; they're just headphones to listen yeah. to each other talk, but. Uh, I, I feel like there'd probably be a standard. They're like, hey, you got to wear all these things if you're going to want to be like a, a abnormal hearing after. Or is it like, nah, it's actually not nearly as loud as you thought it was going to be. I think as a fan, um, it's totally fine without earplugs. I didn't wear earplugs all weekend. Um, you know, once the cars space out, you know, when they all come through together, it's, you know, pretty loud. But once they space out, it was manageable. So I didn't wear uh, earplugs the whole weekend. It's not like NASCAR then. Because NASCAR no, is oh, you hear from 40 miles away. Yeah, like, no, NASCAR it like shakes your body right. as they go by. Because usually they're in a pack and there's just louder, louder exhaust. I mean, the sound is totally different. Uh, the high RPMs just creates like a different tone. And it just sounds awesome. When we walked in for FP1 and we heard the first cars going out on the track from a distance, it just like the adrenaline started to rush because that sound is just so iconic. And so... It was it was a really cool sound, and I just didn't want to, you know, lose any of the quality of it with uh, anything in my ears. But uh, I would say the majority of people weren't wearing ear protection. What was maybe a, a thing that you were like, oh, no, I, I'm not going to do that again, or I, I want to make sure and avoid <laughs> this next time, or when I do it and we go to Vegas, uh, I'm going to make sure and do this. Buy swag before you go. Because the swag there is crazy expensive. Okay. <laughs> because so we went there and we're like, oh, let's go check out the swag tent and the big old tent and every team, you know, for sale, all their right. swag. And this is in Singapore dollars. So you got to like times by 0.7 to get to US. So it's not quite as bad. But um, 90 to $120 for a hat. Whoa, um, like of American dollars. Yeah. Uh, that's Singapore dollars. So, but you're still talking 75, yeah, 80, yeah, $90 yeah. for a hat. $300 for a shirt. Singapore dollars. They listen. The people who are going to races, though, <laughs> they, right? know, they mean, know their audience, right? They know that like either people are you got. I mean, this happens at NFL events, right? Where it's like well, these guys paid five hundred dollars for a ticket, so there's this little part of folks who go either they have a ton of money and they can go to spend a five hundred dollar ticket, or they're spending a five hundred dollar ticket. And it's a once in a lifetime thing, so they're just going to spend it yeah. on everything. Yeah, too. no, like I've been to Augusta and it was you know. The um the swag shop there was average checkout was eight hundred bucks is what oh they were telling me at gosh. the cashier. It's like, well, I'm in Augusta, I'm never going to be here again, right. and all my friends want a hat. So any other time of the year, you can buy Augusta <laughs> National stuff for like pretty normal, yeah, like, like clothing prices. But they know when they got you that that weekend, people go crazy. So it was a similar dynamic. It's like we're here. Um, it's crazy hot. We need different material. We need like m- my buddies and I were looking for dry fit anything because yeah. it was just so hot and humid. And so we we're going through the swag and it was like, I don't care what team it is. I'm going with whoever the has lightest. the best material. So who was it? Um, <laughs> well, we did all of that. And then we sit back and we're like, am I really going to spend $300 Singapore on this? No, I'm just no. going to sweat it out. I ended up getting a hat. Another buddy got a shirt. Um, Ferrari hat. Oh. Um, no, I got a Mercedes hat. Look at you. Yeah. I'm, Are you like starting I'm, to turn I'm that I'm trying corner? to like embrace, uh, yeah, my own like consumer preference around Mercedes. Um, <laughs> like, and it was a really cool looking hat too. It was like, like a Yankees and Mets fan. <laughs> like somehow, at, the same, yeah. at the same time, like in that sense where you're like, well, I really love the Yankees because I grew up watching them, but <laughs> the Mets are kind of my team. You're like, no, I don't understand you at all. Like, well, there was like definite tears in uh, like 
the um, how nice the swag looked between the different manufacturers. Like McLaren and Red Bull had the best looking swag for sure. You can tell that they've put a lot of effort into it. It's interesting you said that because when I go every time I go online and I think I'm going to get something, I see it and then I go, "Listen, I know you're papaya, and I know that, (laughs) or I know that this is like these teams are. It's like they're." Tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe this is mean. I feel like they're designing it for Europeans, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah. this is some like flashy stuff, but like also not really like down to earth kind of like clean designs. I guess what we yeah. call it clean, right? right. Where you're like, yeah. And I get maybe you have a couple. I, I would like the swag with a couple of sponsors on there. That's kind of fun. But like I, I want it to look clean. I don't yeah. want like the stripes on different parts of the shirt and like going in a different angle and just being like, I got a Ferrari shirt. Yeah, hey, and that's a- and that's like the hat that I got was su- a super clean black on black, yeah, very yeah. subtle looking hat. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, like Aston Martin was all just like sponsors everywhere, just yeah. too busy, and it just didn't appeal to us and as I Americans. Get, I get the Aston Martin racing green, yeah, but, like that's not a color that I like wear. As a, On a, yeah, yeah mean, I'm not going to wear that out yeah. to the store. And I, I'm not going to wear orange either. The McLaren has that powder blue, that golf, Dude, that the, golf blue. I saw a sometimes. hat in that color, and I took a picture of it. I'll show you. It was such a good-looking hat. I was like, I should Alex buy that hat this. too. Yes. <laughs> should have brought it some souvenirs back, Dan. Uh, hey, Come on, man. Hey, I would have Venmoed you uh, 200 Singaporean, uh, Singaporean dollars. <laughs> You would have to bring dim hum, dim yeah. sum hum dim, too, though, yeah. to make it work. But like Alpha Tauri had really good looking swag. Mercedes was just meh, um, and then just Ferrari was the most disappointing to me because it just it's like one design and it's Ferrari red, and I'm just like I don't own a lot of red stuff, no. uh, and so I just wish that they. I, I wish they had that like dark, darker, almost like maroon red. Yeah, that would have been that would have looked really cool in a hat. They're like the OG Ferrari when they originally raced. Yeah, just yeah. So um, I, I think that Ferrari can step up their swag game. So that was that was one thing. It was like I I wish I had bought this stuff before I came because it's just really expensive. Here. It's uh, well, it's already expensive too. If you go to the F one shop and like look mm-hmm. at stuff, you're like oh my the hands. license stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, it's it's pretty wild. But what about like. Are there is there such a thing as concessions? I would assume they'd want to sell you food as well. Oh yeah. But what does that like look like? Is it what's a Singaporean nacho? Like what's what? Are, <laughs> yeah. What are the hot dogs are we looking at here? Yeah, like, they had a whole on? they had a whole mix. It was like one main paddock area with lots of food options. But I mean, it was kind of hamburgers, pizzas, um, like Malaysian street food. Um, so there was there was a myriad of options, and I, I had we had it the first night, and it was okay. And after that, we just ate outside of the track. Um, so like regular stadiums where you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. There, there wasn't like a cougar tail or anything. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, there, some stadiums have amazing experiences. I mean, I, I grew up going to Mariners games and Safeco, which is whatever it is now, t- uh, T-Mobile ballpark. Like they made yeah. it a point to be like, we're going to have pesto garlic salmon and we're going to have <laughs> these like, you know, truffle, uh, you know, fries and stuff like that. So some places are, are known for that, but, uh, I was thinking about this too. About if do you get to walk past uh, the drivers? Like, do you get to high five Yuki Sonoda or low five Yuki Sonoda five. in this case? <laughs> so I, I don't know what the I don't know what it is. Like, do you get to? I, I just imagined you guys like they're walking by the the catch uh, yeah. fence, and you guys are like, "Hey, uh, Gasly, where are you going to race next year?" You know, like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it works. So. Um, we didn't like stake out the entrance of, to the paddock like yeah. you know some people do to see them when they come in early. 
Uh, but they did do these meet and greets, which sounds like, oh, I'm going to actually be able to like walk up to this person, but more it's like a big stage and there's like a few hundred people standing right. outside the stage and, and the drivers come up and say a few things. So we saw that. And then what I thought was really cool is the driver parade that they did before. Uh, so before the start of the race, um, after like, because the race, this race was delayed about an hour before the race, they had all these old, like, um, vintage cars out on the track and for the driver parade, they all got in the vintage cars that were kind of of the brand that they drive for. Yeah. So the Ferrari guys were going around in old, you know, Ferrari uh, cars. Uh, so we got up um, close to the catch fence, and uh, as they drove by, like, I'm like, you know, 20 feet from Lewis Hamilton and making eye contact and giving him a thumbs up. And it was pretty cool. Like, you're actually able to get pretty close yeah. to the drivers. Um, and it was interesting to see the different uh, – just what – like the different personalities, like Lewis was like really playing it up to the crowd and He's giving a, people thumbs thing, up right? and everything. Yeah. Valtteri was just like stone faced. <laughs> and He's then a Finn, man, of course, and like, like legit, like Lewis uh, or Lance Stroll was looking at his phone as he went by. His just, head was just buried in his phone and we're all cheering. We're just, it was pretty quiet as he went by because he doesn't have a ton of fans, but I was just like, man, you could do yourself more favors <laughs> if you weren't. That's why he's looking at the phone. Buried in your phone. Listen, this is a kid. <laughs> Uh, he was born with a silver phone in his hand. Yeah. So, you know, there's yeah. there's uh, there's something to, like, not having time for uh, for you and I at the track. But, yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Like, you've got to – I guess that's a guy who's not worried about his seat anyway. Right. Like, I would be <laughs> the biggest freaking uh, fan. I'd be up on the on the catch fence hooting and hollering. I'd be all I'd yeah. be all, all, all for it. I saw pictures of you guys, by the way, on the – was it you? No, maybe somebody in your group who climbed on the catch oh, fence. Oh, yeah, I got on the catch fence. Yeah. I, I'm, like, like, I I'm a little that. too concerned about my meniscus ACL <laughs> situation to climb on a catch Did fence and jump down. Did you have a knee down. situation that you're working out, or uh, you just well, don't want to oh, have it? I just don't want to have it. There's, <laughs> I see too many guys my age uh, with ACLs You know, you know what happens? Busting. You're a little bit younger than me, but uh, getting the real concern is the Achilles. Yeah. That's the, that's the old, uh, like the Turkey Bowl football games. Yeah, that, we've popped a few of those in uh, in our neighborhood. That terrifies guys me. who are start to get in their early forties. But it was cool because after uh, every uh, evening, like end of practice qualifying or the race, Singapore had uh, concerts going on, and it was like Black Eyed Peas, Marshmallow, um, and but like they're uh, there, yeah, and Green Day, yeah, they're there, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And so when uh, the session ends, they open up the gates, and everyone, like the fans, can pour out onto the track. But they were using it as a mechanism to just like cattle herd people to the stage where the um where the concert's going on so, which I thought was kind of smart uh and so we we were able to walk the track a bunch and take pictures and and all that fun stuff and climb on the fence and they don't really care and I think that's something that like other racing especially NASCAR should allow you know um fans to do because it's just such an added uh part of the experience to like watch the race and then be able to go down and like see you know exactly the tire marks on the rumble strips and and whatnot. So. Yeah, that, that's the kind of like walking up to it experience. I think that a lot of folks, you know, you want to have that stuff. You want to be able to see those kinds of things. Yeah, like and, when you like rush the field at a college football game, it's well, fun to get down there and see it all. The up first close. thing I think that I saw from you right after, I mean, I was texting you right when the race mm-hmm. ended, uh, which was, I don't know what. Well, and those are, it wasn't right when the race ended, but pretty close to. No, it was right around there. But I remember texting you and you were like, we're on the track, you know, and I think, I, and then I saw you post it because that's the kind of stuff where I was like, dude, this is a massive. I mean, I don't know how long that circuit is, but it's pretty long because it's a yeah, it's um five kilometers, like three miles. So, so it's one of the longer tracks. I mean, you're not going to mm-hmm. get uh, 
let the people on the track. Like, yeah. this is already streets anyway, too. I get not wanting people to go out on Silverstone maybe and, like, you know, digging up a patch of asphalt or something. Yeah. But this is, like, the streets of, of Singapore. There is something to, hey, let these guys walk out there. You don't want fans storming the football field all the time. Like, yeah, and tearing that, it up. It's, yeah, there's, it, there's probably very little you could do to hurt a yeah, street, a street like, circuit. It, it, that's why when I watched it and I was like, they're doing this right because it looked like you were – up close and personal with the track at the track, all these things. We're kind of watching a video here of the of the uh, drivers' parade because I I you, that's what I want to see is, is who what cars were the coolest is because yeah you've got like an old the, Testarossa the, yeah. it looks yeah, like yeah the Ferraris were, pro- were probably the coolest. Uh, I'm trying to think of who would be the most lame. I guess if you're <laughs> if you're like Honda, you could roll if you're. <laughs> Red Bull just has like one of those Red Bull like mini the mini Coopers with the can on the back maybe oh, yeah, they used to yeah, drive around for promotions I don't know what they, <laughs> but, because Red Bull what's their car I guess right. they're just be Honda yeah and yeah they they, they pulled like a, out some random cars too but uh, and they were having dignitaries or whoever driving oh, them and I don't know who because it's got a literal the parade to, these drivers yeah. for sure are like okay let's just we know we have to do this for sure that they for sure they are not a hundred percent loving the fact that they are. Are out there. Although guys like Danny Rick probably love this thing. Because oh, he was having so much fun when he came by. He was really playing it up to the crowd he, too. Uh, well, one, you don't know how long he he doesn't know how long he's going to have a seat, right? Right. Every one of these races is fun and important for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just enjoying it. Yeah, and and I think that uh, it would be it would be massively, you know, weird to just if, the the head and phone thing. You tell me about it, about Lance Stroll. Not like my fandom for him was really high, but like that makes me like not. I mean, that's that's it's the same thing. I've I've definitely as a kid asked people for autographs or like, hey, what's up? Like when they walk by, like you know, NBA players or NFL guys. And when people take that minute, that second, not even a minute, when they take that second to react, yeah, like even like a millisecond. Like I think I I locked eyes with Lewis and uh, Sebastian Vettel. And I was just like, I had a moment with with this person, hey, and now I'm a fan. Kissed, you could have kissed Seb, I, dude. You I could have, have just that like, close yeah, to him. <laughs> yeah, blown a kiss. But it, I mean, last but last races for him. He's retiring. Like you got yeah. to see him at his last Singapore mm-hmm. GP. That's pretty dang cool. So, experience wise of other sporting events you've attended, mm. it's very different. But like, where would it be on like, oh man, this is this is when you consider the price. Of like the actual event of the yeah. three days or whatever, all those things, the swag, the experience of like having the drivers right there, whatever, the race itself, the event itself. Because sometimes we get bogged down and I, I go to a lot of events, I go to a lot of sporting events, and the actual game sometimes kind of falls short or the actual yeah. race might fall short. And so uh, where would that rank then? Where would it, where would a an F1 GP rank on a list of like, events that you've gone to that like were just pure enjoyment pure entertainment yeah it's a good question i kind of compare it to the chance i got to go to the masters one year and i got to go to practice day it wasn't even uh you it's know early in the week yeah. it was like a tuesday practice day but like the whole time i was just in awe of the beauty of the place like all of it was just like a sensory experience right most people know it's a singular moment you're probably gonna be able to have with yeah that. yeah so i would compare it to that it was the it was just sensor uh, sensory overload the entire time from just the cars on the track to the um, just magnificence of the city and and just all the people it was it was more than just like a sporting event and then when it came down to the race like we got lucky and got a, a pretty entertaining race too and I can imagine you go to some F one races and they're pretty dry but um, th- this we got a great uh, interesting uh, drama filled race on top of everything else that was already great so I mean top three sporting events i've ever been to for sure 
You have to say that because of all the money you had to spend on it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've had to feel justified. Number one, it is definitely. <laughs> but I think one. you could have a very similar experience going to Vegas. I mean, some people are probably used to Vegas; they've seen it a lot. And Singapore is different. I hate Vegas. I mean, I'm yeah. be quite honest. Like, I I go there enough for work that I don't like it. There's nothing, yeah, super unique about I've, it. I've been like I have stayed at every friggin' place down there, but, and most of the time when you're when you're there for quote unquote work, it's it's not. And guess what? It's not built for me. Like I'm not. I don't yeah. go out on the town. I'm not hitting the. Uh, you but know, all the joints. I, I think that when those cars go out on those streets, though, it's going to, like, take on a new life. Just the um, just the glitz uh, that's in, what I'm in the buildings and everything. I think F1 will uh, just, like, accentuate that city in, in a new way that I think will be a lot of fun. Anything else from the race? I feel like you're – because I know you made um, a list. I don't want to skip anything. I'm, like, trying to think of what uh, things – One other thing was that we found out that, at least in Singapore, and I'm sure they do this other places, that there are sections of the track that aren't, like – ticketed seats they're just like these platforms that they build and it's kind of just like standing room general admission stuff so if you got if you buy a general admission without a seat ticket you can you know park yourself in one of these spots and and that's what we did for qualifying is we went down to the very last corner and parked ourselves literally two hours before qualifying um in the the very best spot to get that view through the last set of corners and so um if they're offering a general admission ticket and that's like what you can afford i still think you can have a really great experience and sit in some really cool spots if you're just like kind of willing to um you know get there early i wonder too like i, I if somebody's planning on something like this obviously i mean are the are the prices racetrack to racetrack basically the same to be able to get in or is it like nah man singapore is different because it's it, it is that glitz and glam kind of thing monaco is going to be different you know i yeah. austin Feels like it's as vanilla as it gets in terms of like a track kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, even though we blow it up pretty big uh, here stateside, but like, I mean, our our passes. If I bought your passes in Singapore and I bought those same exact ones in Austin, would those be like massively different in price? Um, so my, I don't know if I have a ton of reference on this from price checking a bunch of tracks. I remember looking at Monaco and almost going to Monaco in twenty twenty, and then COVID happened, and those prices were like half of what I paid in Singapore. Oh, really? And so, um, yeah, I don't know if, if just in the last couple of years, all F1 tickets have come up uh, to that price, but, um, it was, you know, and I, I'm happy to share what I paid. So for three days, um, in turn one on like the 10th row, which I think was a pretty good seat. That's it was, good. it was like 900 bucks for, for the, the whole, three days for the three days. What, what's like the, uh What's the upper bowl? <laughs> I guess you know what yeah, would be I, like. I think if you went difference? to some of the, there were some of the other ones. I think the starting price was like five hundred bucks for like for a the, three day for a three day uh, package. If you were like sitting in like the big, there was a huge grandstand that they built around the marina that blew my mind. It was, I mean, they said that the whole entire attendance for the all the whole weekend was three hundred thousand. And my guess is that one single grandstand along the marina s- seated. 40,000 people. Oh, wow. I mean, it was a big and grandstand. was it like pretty decent views? Or was it yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, you're really kind of seeing only one section where they go straight, but you're seeing the marina, the Marina Bay Sands Hotel, uh, awesome. downtown, and then like drone shows and fireworks and everything are right there. Um, but you're not seeing a ton of the track, but they've got the TVs up as well. So, um, yeah, I it was like entry was, if you wanted to do the whole weekend, was like 500 bucks. And so I expect that to be about the same price as Las Vegas too. I think you should probably expect 500 to a thousand bucks if you uh, wanted to do the whole weekend. We're looking at a photo right now. I don't know if this is older or not, but this (laughs) seems very Danny Rick. This is probably when they were on the same team with Red Bull, but it's a picture of Danny Rick. It's a meme of him uh, with a giant smiley face on a private jet. Uh, 
And Max is – he's got the big, you know, the cheeser that uh, Danny Rick has. Yeah. And then it's got Max Verstappen in the background, like in the dead asleep thing that you never want anybody to see yeah, you doing. Yeah, mouth open. This yeah, is a drooling. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Remote is in your hands and your kids are putting stuff in your mouth because you look that ridiculous. These guys must be wasted after so much. Like, their bodies take on so much and their travel so insane. Uh, but I, I was thinking about this uh, this race. Let's get to Tokyo. Let's Or let's get to Suzuka. Let's get to Japan. The Japan GP, historically, is it's become – it's one that I think – when I was reading today – They've taken driver polls, and it's always in the top three or four of of these drivers. And a lot of them have it as number one because of the of the level of excitement that it kind of brings. And so, I always just want to know right off the bat, like it, a race like this, compared to a street circuit where you had a lot of we had some ninety degree turns, stuff mm-hmm. that like Sergio does really well on. Obviously, yeah. won the race. Same thing at Monaco, like he he won that race as well. What does this track set up like? Is it more like Spa? Is it more like? Uh, you know something that we see on the that's somewhere else on the calendar that's comparable to it. Yeah, I would say it's probably most similar to Silverstone. So it's a lot of high speed, um, high G turns, and so um, it's a tricky combination of wanting to be low downforce for the straights, uh, but you want enough downforce to be able to plant that car to not have to lift um, going through the corner. And so I expect to see Red Bull, um, you know, excel like they have most of the year uh, at this track. Um, but it's going to wear the tires a lot like Silverstone does. Like Silverstone, because of the, so like, the, the tire deck is going to be high because of the big downforce and the speed. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's going to be cool. So that's going to be a problem yeah, too, because yeah, we're trying to figure out how to get the heat in those tires. A whole yeah. Weekend. Yeah. So like Silverstone's usually like a hot race. And so the heat has usually made it worse for the tire degradation. So, um, maybe that's not as much of an issue here with the cool temperatures in Japan, but I expect, um, you know, tire deck to be a big uh, point of conversation for the weekend. And then, um, you know, people still trying to figure out how, you know, Red Bull is getting that low downforce at high speeds. Like somehow they're able to get the car height to squat when they're going down those right. those long stretches and everyone's trying to figure out as an arrow, is it something mechanical? Like what are they doing to get the car down in the back uh, as when they get up to the high speeds? And so more people are going to be trying to figure that out. So I expect for a good race. Um, I think that if rain comes into the equation, that that uh, only – increases the variability of the finishing order so it probably it hurts um max more than it helps even though max is really good in the rain so uh, i think if it's a dry race it's you know max is probably going to walk away with it the, uh they said that red bull I, I was i was listening to like post race some of these team principals are are really just like the ones who are you know maybe thought they were in a fight at one point your totos your mm-hmm. your mattia binotos who are like red bull just now there's not like oh this track works to our favor now it's like Red Bull has They're the just advantage better everywhere yeah. which is wild you know the thing and and I'm I, you know I'm glad that that they figured a lot of things out you know you think about how long it's taken to figure Mercedes out right Mercedes mm-hmm. winning uh, seven constructors championships in a row or whatever it was eight in a row and and Lewis winning the championship uh, you know seven times now it's a it's a while you don't you don't like. On the one hand, we like dynasties in sports, right? On the other hand, you're like, all right, settle down. Right. Like, I don't want it too much. I, I see you over there. Hey, Yankees, you have 27 world championships. Why don't you share some with everybody else? So yeah. in, in this case, uh, Max wraps up the entire thing with a win and the fastest lap. Like right. nothing in the order behind him matters. matters him. Is there a version of him finishing uh, second uh, to 
you know, let's say a wild card. Let's say Fernando Alonso uh, is brings his old man strength to the to the track this weekend. <laughs> or maybe Checo, maybe Checo, or maybe Checo, and, and the conditions momentum. are weird. And because I was looking at it too, and I was like, I forgot, and and certainly Checo hasn't forgotten it. Because everyone's like, so are you, like, racing hard this weekend? And he's like, I'm trying to win. Don't ever ask me that question again. Like, why yeah. would you ask that? But he's, like, still technically, numerically, mathematically in this in thing. In the fight still, yeah. Which is, you know, it's a really freaking long shot. But, I mean, these guys still have something to race for. But is there a version of Max finishing uh, somewhere lower in the order? Or is it one of those things where and, – and if it's dry, then he's going to win the whole thing probably. Mm-hmm. But – uh, is it more likely that it's going to be pushed off to Austin? I was reading a thing about how his dad's not even going to be at the race this weekend. So oh, I thought, that's funny. Oh, hmm. maybe he's planning on it. I don't know. I'm not. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. My money would be on the championship not getting wrapped up this weekend uh, and mo- and going on to Austin and um, someone other than than Max winning or um, Max coming in. You know, still a podium, but Charles is right there or in front of him. So I, I think that uh, we're still going to take the title fight on to another week. But I'm, Honda would love for it to get wrapped up this oh, weekend, you, and, yeah. you know, after throwing the stick. Okay, back help on the me cart. understand this, too, because I remember when Honda was like, hey, man, we're out. We're out of Formula One. <laughs> but, like, they're not. And they're, like, this weekend really pumping up the fact that they're not. Because last year it was, we're out. Honda Power Unit's going to take a, or a, a Red Bull you know, mm-hmm. power is going to take over from here. And everybody knew, like, and Honda was like, we're still helping in development. We're still kind of helping them walk through here. We're still holding their hand on. They're basically using our engines and our engineers still, you know. But uh, but then Honda's kind of putting their stamp on it now. Is it just because it's likely that they're going to win the constructors? And so they're going to – I just – I don't know where it lands because before they weren't even – they were, like, trying to step away from it. They didn't want the look of – because they're – this is a manufacturer who's, like, got a different – you know, goal and their chairman is like, we don't really want that to be part of our, what what we're trying to do right now. So, but now they are, but now they are. Yeah. It's, I don't not know who's making the decisions there in management at Honda, but it's like they spent all this time and effort and money to invest in, into Red Bull for the last few years. And then at the time they get out, then they start winning and they're going to have two consecutive, uh, or two consecutive driver championships and, and, and then like a, a, um, a constructor championship this year. That it's like crazy that they uh, got out of it, and you know, good on I guess Red Bull for letting them come back and put the sticker on. I wonder how much it cost Honda uh, to to do that. Hey, that's uh, that's that's good. That's advantageous, right? I mean, you talk about Red Bull showing up and going, "Hey, uh, you know, to get the name on the on the car mm-hmm. on a weekend that we could wrap up the championship on your track." Yeah, like, they're, come in the, on. they're in the position of negotiation. Absol- absolutely. Yeah. So we're looking at a picture right now of a guy who showed up with uh, one of the one of the placing boards of of you know, and it says World Champion twenty twenty two. He's showing it to Max. I would be, I would hate that. As as superstitious <laughs> as these guys can be, don't jinx it. It's like, dude, I, I I love that you're a fan or whatever, but come on, you can't roll into that. He's like, ah, thanks. Uh, okay, so. If it's not if it's not Max this weekend, is it then a Ferrari race? I guess we don't really know where even Mercedes is because they had a pretty decent weekend. But I mean, their pace seemed like it was there, mm-hmm. and then they just both kind of blew it. Like it yeah. was, it was not. It was just wasn't good racing by those two guys, which is pretty rare for this for a seven time world champion and, and George, who seems to. I mean, he's he has done everything right this year. It seems like with the power unit he's been given, the car he's been given. Yeah. Uh, I think that Mercedes has speed and can definitely compete for a podium, if not a win, this weekend too. 
I just I you know I don't know what the I don't know what I want because on the one hand I li- I I like the idea the kind of the romanticism of of clinching it in Japan at the Honda Japan Grand Prix and you know that's that's a cool thing and on the other hand like I said I hate that you it's like having a sweep in in mm-hmm. in some of these sports where in a playoff series and you go hey man like I don't have really a dog in this fight necessarily but. Can we at least go seven games so I can like yeah. have something to watch, you know, that with with something to it? Plus, when the world championship is like figured out, I guess I've mostly been involved in in my time watching these F one series. Like, I it's been relatively close toward the end of the season, mm-hmm. and so uh, on the one hand, I'm like, I don't I don't know what it would be like to have five races with nothing on the line and you have to find these storylines of who's going to get sixth in the constructors championship. <laughs> like I, you know, to me, I don't really care, but, uh, that, that's one thing that I, I struggle still to go, how am I going to stay interested in something like this? And I don't really have a driver either. It's really weird. I don't, I don't have a team. I don't have a driver. I just kind of, I yeah. just don't, I don't want the normal front runners to win. That's mostly yeah. my, yeah, I people, like chaos. Yeah. A lot of people that we'd meet at the track were asking us like, well, who are you cheering for? And I was kind of the same thing. Like, I just want a competitive race. Uh, and what that means is, you know, I don't want Max to win this weekend because I, <laughs> right. I, you know, I don't want him to walk away with it, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that, uh, it's going to be a great weekend of racing. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it rains a little bit. Um, I hope it doesn't like delay the race. You know, we were, uh, we were, you know, getting some dinner and had our plan of like, we're going to be at the track an hour early, et cetera, um, to get in our seats. And then I just looked out the window and it was just pouring outside and we saw the news that it had been delayed an hour. So we were just hanging out in the mall food court, which was actually a pretty delicious place What's to be. What's up with malls everywhere then? Yeah, mall, man. Explain man, it Man, they love their malls over there. It, it just seems like everywhere you go, there's a mall and then the mall goes down three or four stories underground and they all interconnect and they connect to the metro. And it's like, you can traverse the city through air conditioned malls. And by the end of the weekend, that's what we figured out. I was like, we're going to walk back our, uh, to our hotel through the malls. And somehow we figured out our way to how to do that because it's just so hot to walk outside even at midnight. And, uh, is it like, there's, mall, is it malls? Like, uh, there's a footlocker and, uh, some, just, <laughs> some just like little all the retail you can kiosks. think of, like retail is alive and well in Singapore. Orange Julius and, uh, yeah, yeah all, all the Singapore versions <laughs> yeah, of that. And it was actually kind of funny. There was a, um, a photo, uh, this weekend that I saw afterwards that when Esteban Ocon, when his uh, car DNF'd and he, he was like, you know, sector two way out f- far away from the paddock, he had to uh, take the public transit back to the paddock. And there's photos of him walking through like the public transit gates and he had to actually get on the subway. I saw in his, that. In his full gear. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, and with and, his helmet on. And come and everything. back because there wasn't like. Like to do it over the surface streets was like really confusing because you're like just trying to like walk through buildings and stuff. So you know what? That there's I love that he was still wearing his helmet. I would have kept <laughs> the visor down because then people were like, oh, this guy, this weirdo went all out. Yeah, this guy dressing up like a Halloween outfit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the way we're to. Now they were in the again. Gear is funny because now it matters. Gear, swag, anything. Yeah. Like these drivers, their helmets are like a huge deal every freaking yeah, race. It's like every race is a new special helmet. And I kind of hate it, but whatever. Uh, fine. They're like, oh, my artist and collaborator friend <laughs> made this for me. But uh, we do the same thing, right? With all the American sports here, we're like, give me this kit, give me this set of jerseys. Yeah. Because I'm looking at, at uh, I, I was looking at Alpine and I go, are those blacked out suits? Are they wearing the blackout jerseys? You know, because like I. Because I, I saw just that picture of him, and it looked mm-hmm. like his fire suit was black. I, or maybe oh, it was really? just that dark, dark, dark Super blue. dark, yeah. Yeah, so either way, I was just like, 
Yeah, everybody's doing the blackout. Everybody's doing, you know, a weird car, a weird concept, different liveries. I like different liveries. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, we just we've gone insane with all the different jerseys and everything. So, okay, this weekend, Japan uh, GP, we're gonna have a, a a review of the race on Sunday night. It'll drop for you either late Sunday night or on Monday. So, Dan, I'm glad you made it back safe, man. This Thank is, you. Uh, I'm glad you're back, and this this is is fun to keep doing this. So, it's awesome to get the download too. Just kind of hear what that's all about. I've I've been to a lot of sporting events, but nothing like you've just described. So, yeah, I love it. I'm looking forward to Vegas. We definitely need to go. Have to do it. All right, uh, for Dan Jimenez, Alex Curie, we'll be back again next week, another edition, or this this weekend, for another edition of the Mode Push Podcast, KSL Sports and KSL Podcast. We'll talk to you then.